Good morning, church. It's so nice to be with you again, even if you are watching online, watching from your own home. My name is Joanna, and I'm so excited to share with you today. I'd like to start by reading a verse from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I wonder today if you want to be filled, if you're looking for fulfillment. I don't know about you, but I think everybody is looking for fulfillment in life. Sometimes, even after we become Christians and we are just redeemed and saved and so thankful for what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can still find ourselves looking and searching for more, looking for fulfillment, whether that's in a job or a career. It could be uh, looking for success, trying to become wealthy. We might look for this in relationships, in family. Maybe it's in buying new stuff and getting new things so that we can look good and feel good about, our, about ourselves and feel good about our lives. We all long for this sense of fulfillment. And maybe that's because while we're here on this earth, we're never truly going to find it. You know, everything we see and experience right now is just a glimpse, just a shadow of what is to come. But I do believe that Jesus wants us to be filled. I do believe that he wants us to be fulfilled. And he wants us to be satisfied and whole, you know, like we're always talking about, oh, I, I want this person or this thing to complete me. And I really do believe that Jesus wants to do that in our lives. We're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to unpack it a little bit. We're also going to take communion at the end of this message today. And so if you didn't already get, you know, some emblems together, maybe uh, some bread or crackers, some grape juice, uh, I hope you'll participate with us. And so we are going to um, read from Luke chapter 9, but first I would like to pray. You know, I, like I said, I believe that Jesus wants us to be filled. He, he wants us to be fulfilled. And I know that I definitely in myself, cannot do that for you today, but I know that Jesus can. So let's just take a moment to pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are everything that we need and more. I pray that you'd speak to us through the Bible. Pray that you would bring your word to life and that you would use me, the little bit that I have to offer, and that you would multiply it into much. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to read Luke chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. It says, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country, and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, uh, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. 
Then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Most of us grew up hearing the saying, stop, drop, and roll. You know, we all know what that means as kids when we were, you know, we may have had a guest speaker, a firefighter come into our classrooms, or maybe we had school assemblies talking about fire hazards and where the fire exits are, and what to do in case of a fire. Uh, I, I think fires are obviously just one of the worst things that could happen. Uh, many of us have either experienced that or know people who have experienced that. It, it's horrible. Fires can really just destroy everything, whether it's a home or a business or a building. And stop, drop, and roll is one of the things that we're told to do in the worst case scenario if we actually find ourselves on fire. If we find our clothing on fire, we are told to stop, drop, and roll, and hopefully it will smother that fire and put it out before it gets too out of control. I, I don't know if in that moment, you know, all of a sudden you're on fire, if you could even think clearly enough to know what to do. But what do we do when life seems to be on fire? Maybe not literally, but what do we do when everything just seems to be falling apart? Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in our relationships, in our finances, we just feel like we're crashing and burning. What do we do when this happens? Because honestly, that's kind of what seems to have been happening this year. 2020 is just, it's just been a crazy mess. The state of our world is still, and for quite some time, has been in a mess. So what do we do when we're faced with unexpected, unwelcome problems, whether that be on a global scale or like so many of us are familiar with on an individual, very personal scale? The title of my message today and the answer that I'm proposing to this question is stop, drop, and stay, which is very different from rolling around frantically, uh, scared, you know, in this chaotic state. And this story in Luke chapter 9, let's just unpack it a little bit. It takes place right after Jesus has chosen 12 disciples, and they have been with him, they have learned from him, they have studied from him, they have ate with him, they have spent, you know, just so much time with him. And it comes to the point where Jesus actually gives them power and sends them out. And so they go out and actually perform uh, miracles and they teach the gospel. They talk about the kingdom of God. They heal diseases. They cure those who are sick. And so this story happens right after these guys come back from, you know, the, their expeditions. It says, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. 
Jesus was often thronged and overwhelmed by crowds and multitudes of people, but he also understood the importance of getting away, going off to a quiet place, a secret place where he could be alone, and more importantly, where he could be with his heavenly father and pray. He often spent all night long just praying. He knew that he needed this. He knew that he needed that time, that time with his heavenly father to refresh him, to fill him, to revive him. And not only that, but more than anything else, he just wanted to spend time with his father, the most important relationship he could ever have. So I don't know. I like to think that Jesus was an introvert. It makes me feel better about myself. But if we're being honest, we know that he was very much an extrovert as well. He spent a lot of time with people. He spent time with people who looked like him and people who really didn't look like him, who acted like him and people who acted very different from him. He spent time with people who he knew really well and he spent time with people who were, I was going to say strangers, but I mean he's God so he does know everything about them, but people who didn't really know too much about him at all. He spent a lot of time traveling. He often stayed in other people's homes. He ate at other people's houses. So it's definitely safe to say that uh, Jesus was an extrovert as well. But going back to this specific story, the disciples are coming back from, you know, possibly days, weeks, months of a lot of hard work, traveling, staying in other people's homes, eating eating other people's food, uh, probably not always being in the most comfortable situations, and having a lot of people's needs brought to them. It says that they casted out demons and they healed people who were sick. They cared for people. And so I would think that they would be a little tired after this, a little drained. And Jesus takes them away privately to a secluded, deserted place. We likely all have one maybe two, if we're really lucky, maybe more people in our lives who spending time with them, it just refreshes us. It refuels us. It's it's not exhausting or draining in any way. It almost gives us life. And if you're an extrovert, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think Jesus knew in this moment that This is what these guys needed. They needed to just get away and to just be with him and be comfortable and be themselves. And today, Jesus knows that this is what you and I need as well. And he longs to spend time with us, to refresh us, to fill us, to revive our hearts, to bring peace to that chaos that's going on in our lives. And if you are watching this maybe online, uh, you might feel really isolated, feel really lonely. Uh, You're not able to get out or see people as much as maybe you used to. And I know that must just be so hard. It's a really just hard time, hard season in, you know, our lives and in our province and in the world. But looking at this story, it reminds me that Jesus is in that deserted isolated, lonely place. He's actually there. And 
there's absolutely benefits to meeting and gathering together, and we're going to continue to do that as often as we can, as often as the government allows us to. But Jesus isn't limited to a specific place or to a building. And so if you are at home today or if you're by yourself, can I just remind you that Jesus is there with you and he wants to just talk to you, just sit with you, just spend time with you and refresh you. Let's continue on in our story. Verse 11, it says, But when the multitudes knew it, when they had found him, they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. And so the crowds find out where Jesus is. They find out where the disciples are, and they rush to him. They have a lot of needs. They are needy people, as we all are. They have nothing to offer Jesus, nothing to give Jesus in return And, you know, all they want to do is take from him. And amazingly, Jesus receives them. We likely all wouldn't do this, but that's why we are not God. And in this once private, secluded place, Jesus speaks to them, and he loves on them, and he heals them. This tells me that Jesus is always more than willing to receive you and to receive me and all of our luggage, all of our baggage, all of our needs, no matter what state we come in, even if we have nothing to offer. In this secret place, he wants to talk to you, just like he did the people here. That might be words of comfort that you are so desperately in need of today. It might be words of conviction. It might be words of wisdom and guidance that you are in need of. It might be direction. But thankfully, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And even if you don't know what you need, Jesus knows. And just like the people in this story, in that secret, secluded place, Jesus also wants to bring healing to you. Whether that's healing in your mind, healing in your heart, healing from brokenness, healing in your body, from a physical ailment, Jesus knows, and he is willing, and he is able. Verse 12 says, When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. When the people became hungry and thirsty, the disciples had no idea what to do. Panic set in. They wanted to send them away to get what they needed, food and shelter. And they say, they literally say, send them away, tell them to go, look elsewhere for we are in a deserted place. The disciples didn't yet realize that even though physically it looked deserted, it looked barren, everything they needed was right there because Jesus was there. And Jesus says, you feed them. And again, they say, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go somewhere else and buy food. See, these guys were problem solvers. You know what? I think they were go-getters. 
especially someone like Peter. You know, he always wants to be the hero. He wants to fix the problem. And so they are ready to do something about this situation. You know, they have good intentions here. They want to help these people. They want to send them away to get what they need. They're willing themselves to go and find food and buy food. I don't know how you would ever buy this much food for this amount of people, but they're willing to do whatever they need to do. And so even in this moment when the disciples are faced with a problem, with a very large problem at that, like the Bible says 5,000 men, plus there's probably lots of women, and there's probably lots of children. It's probably like triple that number. So this is a really large problem. And I don't know about you if you've ever been in charge of planning an event or maybe you've hosted some dinners at your house and you've had people over. Um, I've definitely done some of those here in this church. And there's been times where you've got people streaming in the building and you're looking at the tables of food and me and Marlene are looking at each other like, oh no, like we are not going to have enough. <laughs> we need to pray for a miracle or or we need to like order pizza. We need to do something about this situation. And there's been times where we've literally, you know, run down to Sobeys and picked up some things. Because in that moment, uh, panic just sets in. Like there's no worse feeling than feeling like people have come here for a meal. They're hungry. You don't want them to get hangry. And we have nothing to offer them. <laughs> nothing to give them. And so in, in moments like that, I have found even in my own life, it's like, okay, I stop, drop, and I roll. <laughs> you know, it's this state of panic. What do I do? How do I solve this problem? Let's go on and read verse 14. It says, for there were about 5,000 men, like I said. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Now, another little side note, how on earth you communicate and organize to this many people to get them into groups of 50 and sit down and cooperate, I have no idea. You know, lately we've had to, uh, we've had the privilege of being able to meet with our kids and our teenagers, and we've put them into groups called cohorts of 10 or, or 15. And if I'm honest, it doesn't always work so well. You know, you get one kid who's distracted by a red balloon and all of a sudden, you've got kids from every group who are just obsessed with and chasing that one red balloon and all mingling together and just like, ah, and like everybody get back to your groups. And that's just like a small group. So anyways, I have no idea how this is possible, but the Bible says that they do it. So we are going to take that for what it is, for its word. And so everybody sits down. The disciples are ready to go. There's this sense of panic. There's this sense of urgency. We need to go and find food. And Jesus says, sit. Just sit. This must have been a little challenging for some of them. Some of those go-getters, some of those who just wanted to be the hero and fix everything and genuinely help these people. And Jesus says, stop, drop, and stay. Just stay. Just stay here with me. Just stop what you're doing. Just sit down, drop, and just stay. I don't know if some of them were thinking, what? Like, we are wasting time right now. This is a waste of time. 
I think something must have rose up in some of their hearts, because it says that they listen and they obey. Something must have rose up in their hearts to realize, okay, this is Jesus who's telling us to do this. You know, this is God who's giving us instructions. We've seen him act before. We've seen what he can do. We know who he is. And so they trust him, and they listen, and they obey, as crazy as it seems. So many times in our lives when there is a major problem, when things seem to be going haywire, when life just seems to be out of control, understandably, we can just get frantic. We go into problem-solving mode. You know, we can even look calm on the outside because we have to be. You know, maybe we're parents and we have to look calm. We have to look like we have it together. We have to look strong. Or maybe we look calm on the outside just for appearance sake, but inside there's chaos and there's turmoil and there's unrest and there's just no sense of peace. I think Jesus wants us to stop, drop, and stay. You know, we, we know what it's like to stop, drop, and roll. We know what it's like to go into panic mode. But Jesus today is saying, stop, drop, and stay. Just stay with me. Look to me. Stay here with me. I got this. Don't try and solve all these problems and get all the answers in your own strength. Just stick with me. Verse 16 says, Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. You know, when you actually take time in the midst of all the problems, in the midst of all the questions, to just sit and stay with Jesus and trust that he's in control and trust that he knows what he's doing and trust that he knows better than we do, that is when the miracles start to happen. That is when the miraculous starts to take place, not only externally in our situations, but internally in our hearts, in our very core, in our souls. I'm not saying that we should be lazy and do nothing when problems arise, or that if the doctor gives us orders or instructions that we should just ignore them or do nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we mustn't forget in the midst of our problems and the chaos around us to just sit in the presence of Jesus and be with him and trust him. God wants us to know that he can do more with our sitting and with our trusting than we can do in our running and in our problem solving and in our stressing. I can't help but also think of the story of Mary and Martha. Many of you are probably thinking of this story as well. It's actually the very next chapter over. And in this story, Jesus is invited to their home. Mary and Martha are sisters. And Martha is in the kitchen. She's running around. She's preparing a meal. She's trying to get everything in order, trying to make enough food, trying to set the table. And I mean, that's understandable. You know, like the king of kings is in her house. So I think most of us would be probably a little frantic. But it says that meanwhile, Mary is just sitting. She's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's learning from him. She's listening to him. 
It says, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. It's like she's just holding on to everything he's saying. And at this time in history, this wasn't something that was very common. It, you know, you didn't see women sitting at the feet of rabbis, at the feet of teachers. That was something that men did. And this upsets Martha, who's running around. And she, she wants help. She wants Mary to come and help her. And Jesus just breaks through so many gender stereotypes in this moment. In verse, uh, Luke 10, verse 41 to 42, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You know, I feel like he's saying that in a very loving, endearing way. You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Martha was focused on preparing food. She was preparing food for everybody, trying to get everything in order. But Mary had discovered that Jesus was more important than anything else, even more important than food. She discovered that he was her sustenance, And she was eager to learn from him and taking everything, hanging on every word that he said. Because she knew that there was true fulfillment, true satisfaction, true peace and joy in the midst of all the turmoil and all the questions at the feet of Jesus. That's where she found answers. That's where she found fulfillment That's where she found everything that she was looking for. That's where she was made complete, just sitting at the feet of Jesus. In the feeding of the 5,000 that we read, the disciples and the people were so worried about going somewhere to find food. And Jesus was telling them and trying to show them, I am the food you need. I am your sustenance. Sustenance means food and drink regarded as a source of strength and nourishment. And that's what Jesus wants to be to our, our very souls. He wants to be the nourishment and strength that we need. When you stop, drop, and stay. When you just sit with Jesus, stay with Jesus, put your faith and your hope in Jesus, he will bless you just like he did to the bread in this story. He will do a miracle, just like we see him doing today. And he will fill you, just like he did every single person in this story. You know, they started out with five loaves and two fish, and it says that in the end, every single person was filled. They had more than enough, and there was 12 baskets of fragments left over. So Jesus was their source. He was their fulfillment. He was their nourishment. He was everything they needed and more. And Jesus wants to be that for you today as well. You might be facing a large problem in your life. It might not be multitudes of hungry people. It might actually seem much worse. It might be a bad doctor's report. It might be a financial situation, a broken relationship. It might be a son or a daughter who's not talking to you or a son or a daughter who's made a mess of their life. It might be mental health issues or an addiction that you just can't seem to overcome. I believe Jesus' instructions 
to us today are stop, drop, and stay. Stop panicking. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Just stay with me. Look to me. Listen to me. In just a few moments, we're going to take communion together, and I hope this can be an opportunity to implement this. Stop, drop, and stay. This is also the first Sunday of Advent, and so, I don't know, I just feel like we also kind of need to make this declaration in our own lives that during this season, this holiday season, and during Christmas, we are not going to run around frantically stressing out, panicking about all these things that really are not the most important thing, which is Jesus. He's what this season is all about. He's what every season is all about. That, that reminds me, I have a picture up in my bathroom that says, Jesus is the reason for the season. And that has literally been there since last Christmas. I'm going to blame it on COVID. I don't know. But really, Jesus is the reason for every season. I want to end today by reading a few verses from John chapter 6, verses 22 to 40. We see a story that falls shortly on the heels of this one, the feeding of the 5,000. And so you think that these people would have learned something by this time, you know, that they would realize that Jesus can supply all their needs, that he is the miracle worker, and he is actually God. But they're not quite there yet. And so, again, we see multitudes of people looking for Jesus and finding him. In John 6, 26 to 27, Jesus replied to this, this multitude of people, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. And the people go on to ask for miraculous signs. You know, they talk about how Moses, when he was in the desert with the Israelites, how they got bread, they got manna from heaven. They're like, give us some of that. Show us some more cool things. Do do some of this stuff for us. And, you know, he's just so patient with these people. And he explains that they're seeking after, after the miraculous signs and the wonders when really they need to be seeking after him. Verse 32 to 35 says this, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In other words, I will be your fulfillment. I will be your sustenance. I will complete you. I will be everything you need. So often we run around like hungry, thirsty, desperate people searching for answers, searching for hope, searching for guidance, and we're often looking in all of the wrong places. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. Come to me. Sit with me. Talk with me. Spend time with me, and I'll meet you where you're at. I will meet your needs. And so, 
as we take these emblems today, the bread represents his body, the juice or the wine represents his blood that was shed for us. I encourage you to just take a few moments to stop what you're doing, drop, sit down, kneel down, do whatever you have to do to just be with Jesus and focus on Jesus and just stay there. Just stay there. Let him love on you. Let him comfort you. Let him speak to you. And just focus on him. Bring all of your needs, all of your problems, all of the chaos, whatever state you come in today, just bring it to him. And I believe that he will bless you. Amen. Well, I'm going to just say a short prayer. And there will be some verses on the screen uh, as well as a song just so that you have some time to do communion on your own. Feel free to read those verses out loud if you're with your family or just by yourself and take the bread and the juice when you feel led to do so. So God, I thank you so much for today and every person who's been able to tune in online. I thank you that you want to be everything we need and more. Help us, God, to stop looking in all the wrong places and running around frantically and being stressed out and going into panic mode. Help us to stop, drop, and just stay. Just stay with you. Stay in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.